Hi everyone! John and I are here. We're so excited for you guys to hear Alaska's podcast. She is one of the dopest people. Um, and it's just so sweet and well-spoken and I'm so excited. Um, we just wanted to pop in and give you guys a quick little trigger warning. Um, we do talk about, um, some potentially, um, anxiety-invoking, um, topics in this podcast. From about minute 12 to minute 26, we do talk about, uh, sexual assault. Um... Yeah. Yeah, we just want to give you a little heads up, a little bit of a warning, but we also want to keep our conversation raw and authentic and, you know, allow Alaska's voice to be heard and speak about what she wanted to share, but also be mindful of our listeners that it could be potentially triggering. So, again, from 12 to 26, if you aren't feeling it, you can skip to 26 and we'd love to hear, we'd love for you to hear the rest of Alaska and what she has to talk about. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Enjoy the podcast. Hello. Yay. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Team Talks. We are here with our friend Alaska. Yay. I'm so excited. Alaska is one of the first people I thought of when we started this podcast. That's me. That's me. Hey, and she's like episode like 43. <laughs> You're dude, episode 47. Oh, my goodness. Crazy. Damn. Yeah, I remember when you guys started this, I was like, this is so sick, I can't wait to be a part of it, and then I just like wasn't, because I was like, sorry, I'm busy, but I'm here now. We got you, yes, we okay. got you. Yay, I'm so excited. We met Alaska, actually I should let John talk about how we met Alaska, because I met Alaska too, John, because cheer. People meet people through me, that's just. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just the, that's just the way it is sometimes. So yeah, I met Alaska technically I saw you at an open gym or something like that before but I never really met you until cheer tryouts damn and you were doing your thing being a boss and I was like oh yeah she's definitely on the team (laughs) I remember actually there was like drama I know you uh we, we talked about it already but there was like drama with with Alaska joining the team everyone was like really? she's so good but yeah there was something like was she too good no there's something like supposedly like scandalous on your on your instagram no that was just tracy okay and i'm sorry that was just like there just was her. yeah there was she just was... like drama and i was like what was what it is... a pineapple it was the pineapple. yeah it was a pineapple picture it wasn't even bad it was just it a wasn't. photo of me holding a pineapple like over my vagina but i wasn't even like really naked i don't even know it was dumb like nothing was showing i just thought it was cute and tumblr-esque and she made me delete it and so now it's not even on my instagram i didn't realize there was drama about that oh my god that was that's how i first knew about it was so funny because we were like doing the thing and i hadn't like seen your instagram i I didn't know what they were talking about and they were like well we don't know if she's like you know, this or that. And I was like, what's the issue? And they showed the picture and I was like, I was like, all right. Like, I can see it's maybe a little, a little <laughs> risque. It's not yeah. like bad. But I was like, but you can't hold that against someone to a stand, like hold them to a standard that we haven't addressed. And I was like, that shouldn't affect like, you know, the That's tryout in the team. And then I guess there was a conversation and they had that conversation with you later. But yeah, yeah I remember it, the, the so that's when I met you. I was like, show me this picture. <laughs> yeah, I saw that picture. <laughs> the first picture I saw of Alaska. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. I was like, that's hot. I don't know what I'm talking about. What's wrong? But yeah, then Alaska <laughs> joins the team. She joins the fam. Hashtag fab. Yes. 
So Alaska is my my grand little in the cheer world. <laughs> and yeah, from there we just like got to know each other and like spent more time around each other. She's like super cool and And then we met. And then yeah, I introduced <laughs> her to all my friends and yeah, dude, I remember when there was like drama between you two because I was like friends oh, yeah. with John in the group, and then I met Brittany, and then I was like, oh, this is so cool, but you guys like weren't dating yet. It was like you guys are friends, and then like Brittany would be like, I have to tell you about this about John, and then John was like, I tell you this about Brittany, and I was like, run back and forth from barn house to the other yeah. house to, and like, i didn't even listen i didn't even like disclose too much i was just like yeah and john i think i remember you telling me john was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just remember that like one you guys week. weren't dating at one point it's so crazy to me one hard week for sure Zs. but yep <laughs> so i'm at and alaska is like a legit gymnast too just run that yeah out so like so her cheer trial was was very um, impressive for me. I like tumblers, obviously. It's like a, it's like a cheer fetish of mine. Like, <laughs> the, stunts, the stunts are cool, but like the tumbling is what really got me into it. And Alaska could tumble like a boss because <laughs> she has that traditional like gymnastics background. Power, it's the power. Power, power, power tumbling. Power, power tumbling. What age did you start gymnastics? I've seen baby uh, Alaska videos, but. I know. I was so young. I honestly have never actually looked back into, like, how old or how, like, what year it was. All I know is that, like, I think it was, I was in elementary school, but I don't remember, like, what, like, age. I would definitely say probably, like, like, seven or something, probably. I don't know. But I did until I was, like, 12. Yeah. (laughs) Is that when you made a transition into, like, cheer? Yeah, I went straight. It was so right when I finished gymnastics, the options were, um, oh, by the way, I ended gymnastics because my I switched up to a bunch of gyms because I noticed that like once you got to that level of optionals, um, they like start choosing favorites. And I was not about that. And because I wasn't a favorite. (laughs) So I moved gyms like a bunch of times. But then the last gym I transferred to was called Wildfire. And they're like very, very competitive. And they made me, like, redo, like, like the same level over and over again. And then they, like, just decided they didn't want me anymore for some reason. So they just, like, sent a letter to my house saying, uh, hi, your daughter cheated on her conditioning, which is not true. So we can't have her here anymore. And I was like, you're really kicking me out of your gym because I cheated on conditioning, which I didn't even do. It was stupid. So anyway, that's when I was like, you know what? If I were to continue this path, that means I have to be homeschooled and all that stuff. It was just like, you know what? I love it. But at this point, it's fine. So I was given the option to do diving or cheerleading. And my cousin was already doing cheerleading. And also my aunt was like a Raiderette for the Raiders. So like I have a lot of that cheer background in the family. So I was like, you know what? Might as well do cheerleading. When I went, I hated it. I was like, I don't like facials. I don't like dancing. I'm not about any of this. But I was like, uh, whatever. And that's how I started becoming girlier. Like, honestly, if I didn't do cheerleading, I feel like I'd probably be a boy today. Like, I'm not going to lie. I tried out for my high school's football team as QB. Like, <laughs> I, I was taught to wrestle growing up. I was taught to be, a, like, boy things. And... 
Then I did cheerleading, which is the only girly thing about me. And that's what I had to go through. We're like, gendering things too much here. My boyfriend was the captain of the cheerleading. <laughs> Does that make me girly? <laughs> no, like competitive cheerleading, not like high school. I mean, college. I feel like college cheerleading is so different because there's it's mostly co-ed and like you know it's not as girly. Also, there's like crazy makeup. Yeah, I'm talking about the like the show, dance. show of like yeah. competitive, like the the drama, the gossip, like the the makeup, the hair, all of that the stuff. Work. Oh, definitely worse than all search here. Especially <laughs> when you're in um high school, it's like it feels like another high school, like being on a cheer team. It's mm. yeah. Anyway, that's like what got me into cheerleading in the first place. But yeah, <laughs> I love it. But you didn't you didn't just cheer though. You also ran track. Yeah, I oh did gosh, soccer. I did kung yeah, fu. I did, yeah, I did soccer for a long ass time, and then I did um track and field. I was on varsity. <laughs> yeah, so I did track in high school, and then I did track when I went to the University of Oregon. But obviously, I wasn't like Oregon type track level, so I didn't do. I just on the running club there. So then I tried to get on the track team at UCSB, but. Oh, God, that still makes me mad to this day. But basically, the coaches, when I transferred in, basically, there was, like, a whole scandal with the coaches. So they wouldn't, like, like communicate with me. And, like, it wasn't really working because they didn't even know who's going to be the coach. And then the year after that, they changed coaches. And then the year after that, they changed coaches. So every year, I tried to get on the team. They were like, yes, get on next year. But then there was a new coach. And then they're like, yes, get on. So it didn't work. But I'm, like, it's fine because... I competed unattached anyway. Anyway, I love track, but I didn't do it in college, like, competing, like, through the school. But I ran, like, unattached, which was fun. Which basically, like, she I'm going to do solo. Yeah, yeah. She ran track for five years in college, but not in college. Yeah. <laughs> not for your team. Yeah. Not for you team. I want to talk about um, the, the story of Oregon and your sorority and why you transferred and, like, that whole situation. All right. Well, if you want to know like the real side, so the fake side is the weather. I'm like, oh, I transferred because I was depressed and the weather, which is like not, not true. But also like I wouldn't have just transferred. It was just because of the weather. Because honestly, like I loved it there and it was really freaking cool. Like, um, I was in a sorority. It's funny because like I didn't want to rush, and so, but everybody told me to rush. So like instead, when I rushed. I pretty much, like, tried to, like, I don't know, overrun <laughs> the program by, like, they were, like, okay, dress cute, wear, like, beige heels and a white dress, and I would come in, like, a dinosaur onesie because I was, like, screw the system, and I didn't want to <laughs> do it, and I was, like, I don't want to be here, and also I didn't want anybody to, like, choose me. I was, like, hoping that I wouldn't have to get into a sorority, but I was, like, but I could still show up to the recruitment process just to say that I did it, so I tried to rig the system by, like, being a Okay. Okay. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I, don't, I, be, I don't. I don't know if I believe all of that. Oh, there's no way that you were like, I'm gonna go into everything, but hope no one likes me. I mean, like, I just like didn't want to be in a sorority, but everybody was forcing me to do it. So like, it was like a half send, you know, where I was kind of like, I'm gonna do it, but I'm hoping not to actually join one. I wasn't even gonna show up to the whole thing. Um, but then over time, it was kind of funny because Kappa Delta is like what I ended up rushing and they chose me. But um, it's funny because like I like 
turned around like halfway through like I started off being like ah screw this like I'm not even gonna like talk to any of these people I'm just gonna bullshit the whole thing talk about drugs and alcohol to them because I want them to think I'm crazy um but then Kappa Delta ends up being the sorority that's like all the girls who don't want to be in a sorority who are all like the outcasts and like crazy girls who like don't really care about being like a girly girl in a sorority and I was like oh wow I actually think I found my home so then I rushed and it was like so dope because I found like all of my friends through that and like I wouldn't know like like half or more of the people that I knew at Oregon if it weren't for that so that was pretty cool um but yeah so I joined a sorority joined a bunch of clubs like I always do overly involved did all this stuff um but okay so yeah like I said the fake reason that I transferred was because weather um and depression but the real reason why was actually because after in my freshman year there, there's a there's a tradition at Oregon. It's like called Shasta, like it's like the Shasta trip, where everybody from Oregon and all the frats and sororities um, drive down to Lake Shasta and then like get houseboats and like for a whole weekend you just get like blacked out and like it's really fun. But like I, I mean I've never gone. It looks really fun. Um, but anyway, it's a lot of money and I was like I'm broke. I'm not gonna go. And I was living in the sorority house at the time, so it was completely empty that weekend. So I got invited to go to a different thing that weekend it was like a, a weekend retreat at a uh like a two hour away like cabin and with some other fraternity and so I was like you know what like I'm just gonna do that then because somebody mentioned it and I was like I'll just go so someone set me up with some guy in this fraternity and I went and long story short I was sexually assaulted and that was like my like second time ever having any kind of like sex like ever like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like before I like lost it like a week before that or two weeks before that. And I don't even remember that. That was like my first time. But then this time, like, yeah, so like that assault happened and I was so confused and I was like, what is going on? But then there was like a lot of dispute between like the fraternity sorority life and there was everybody knew about it, even though I didn't tell anybody, it just like spread the like wildfire and he wasn't like allowed anywhere anymore. But I didn't report or anything. But okay, so the reason why I transferred was because that after that year, he kept messaging me, like, constantly, and was like, mm-hmm. hey, like, we should hang out, and I was like, are you crazy, like, are you stupid, <laughs> but anyway, I kept, like, ignoring his messages, and then as my second year started, I saw him everywhere, like, like, everywhere, every time I went to class, I would see him, like, twice a day, every day, for, like, three weeks straight, and I was like, it's probably just a coincidence it sucks that it's like he's there but you know like psychology like when someone's on the like fresh on your brain you probably just see them more but um no like I I was like this is kind of weird my roommates were like do you think he's maybe stalking you because that's weird and as we said that conversation I look outside my window and he's just standing there and this happened Mm -hmm. so often and I couldn't escape it like I kept telling him eventually I was like you need to stop because like he would like reach out to me or like if he saw me he would like grab me and it was like really scary and sketch so um I realized that there was like no way of escaping the situation because I found out his dad was a lawyer so I basically was like you know what I'm just gonna transfer because I deserve a better college experience and I don't want my college experience to be this guy like following me around and stalking me and also my dream was to go to a UC so I was like win-win um so that's why I transferred (laughs) the long story that I don't tell people yeah that well this is gonna get blasted we should talk about maybe if you want to cut it 
if you're okay with that. Are you okay with talking about that in front of, like, for a lot of people? I, everything in my life is an open book. I am not, I don't hide. The only reason why I don't say it out loud to everybody all the time is because it's a long story that leads to longer yeah. conversations. But I, that's why I love this podcast because I am such an open book and I, I would love to, I don't hide anything. <laughs> so. Okay. Sounds, that sounds really fucking yeah. difficult to do. Yeah. Like, back, backtrack a little bit. Yeah, go, like, that sounds crazy insane. Yeah. I mean, it got worse at UCSB. That was just the beginning. <laughs> yeah, UCSB has its fair share of sexual assault allegations that the school doesn't really follow up with either. Yeah, I know. I know. I know people who that happened to, and nothing resulted from anything. Yeah, and got crazier. So, like, I left Oregon to get away from that, and I was like, I think after doing my research, the UC schools seem to have lower stats, and also they did better. Like from what I researched back then, I was. It looked yeah. on paper like it was going to be better for me, but it ended up being like much worse. Like, literally, um, the summer that I was transferring in, I visited UCSB for the first time. And when I did that, some random guy from my Snapchat, who I guess he got my Snapchat from, like, Tinder or something, um, he messaged me. And he was like, hey, I am a professor at UCSB. Or, no, he's a faculty. He was, like, a TA. And he was like, I will give you $200 in cash if you just walk around campus, like, with me. And I was like, at the time, I was kind of like in some self-hatred zone. And I was like, you know what? $200 to walk around with someone? I'm not, I'm new here. Nobody knows me. Like, why not? So I did it. And we met at South Coast Deli. He gave me $200 in cash. And we just walked on campus. And I was like, this is really like creepy and uncomfortable because this guy was not an attractive man in my opinion and it was just really weird but I was like this is easy turns out that it was more than just walking and he pretty much like touched me all around my body on campus like put me in an elevator it was bad stuff and then he brought me in or he put me he what happened oh he like gave me some alcohol and I took it and threw me in a car drove to some air like some motel by like Fairview um, by the airport and I had to engage in a threesome with him and another faculty member and I was like whoa this is crazy and the worst part about all this was once it was over I thought it was over and I was like you know what I'm fine that sucked but like that's fine the worst part was that he took photos and videos of the whole thing and I didn't know it. He never asked for my consent. And then he blackmailed me with that later on saying, if you don't come over right now, I will send these to your coworkers and your family because I know where you live and I know you're, I know where you work because my Snapchat stories. So um, yeah, that's actually like kind of something that I wanted to address specifically that whole thing of the threatening and the blackmailing because that happened to me in high school, similar situation, and at Oregon, similar situation when a yik yak was a thing. Um, like my nudes just got spread everywhere, and that happened so much. And after this guy threatened me with it, I just like had enough, and I just started this thing called the Exposure Project, which is kind of like a fem- feminist movement that I pretty much like started a couple years ago, where I thought in my head, you know, if like what's making me powerless is that they have photos and these things and information about me 
that they are trying to threaten to spread everywhere. But what if I took control and spread that information through my consent and my control? So I, I basically, ever since then, have been much more open and exposed on like social media because I was like, well, you know, if I show a photo of myself like semi nude or semi, you know, like more information, more exposure, then I'm doing it. You can't even at that point threaten me because it's already out there, um, which is why I started posting more photos of my body and like um, having like an OnlyFans and like all this stuff. I try to like show my body in like a positive light and or like do it for, you know, my own good. So that's kind of like what I've been on is like the exposure project. So people always ask me like, why do you like post so much about yourself? Why do you always post so much like maybe nudity? And I'm like, well, because other people have that already and they're threatening me. So at this point, I'd rather just post it's myself. Empowering. It's empowering to appreciate your body and those images in that way versus like having it only be like a threatening scenario. You know what I mean? Like you're just showing yourself and in the way that you want to be seen and I think that in and of itself is really powerful but my god Alaska that's I had no idea about yeah. either of those stories yeah I mean I've always been a very open person like all my life but I think it was like when that like the UCSB one happened that first one that happened um there with him like constantly trying to threaten me because like even like a couple years after that event happened, I was in Japan, I was traveling and I got a notification on my Instagram of some random guy. And he was like, yo, this just got sent to me. Is this you? How much do you want for me to hook up with you? And I was like, what? Where did you get this photo? And it just scared me. I was like, goodness. Like if that photo was posted anywhere, I would have felt so, so scared back then. But now that like my photos are like, like, people have seen my body. So many people have seen my body, and I love it. I feel comfortable with it now because I don't, like, I was in control, and, like, that was my decision, and um, it's 2020 also, but, like, yeah, like, it It was just, like, scary to see, like, if I had not never shown myself and, like, my body ever before, and then somebody all of a sudden posted that somewhere to, like, threaten me, I would have been so scared. But now that I've already been doing something like this, or I have an OnlyFans, people would just be like, that's great, dude. But you could also just subscribe to her OnlyFans and you could see multiple <laughs> versions of that. And nobody will really be like, whoa, you know? Yeah. 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 So this OnlyFans stuff. Yeah. What what is it like? Well, like what is the process of it like? Is it like creating an Instagram where you just like fucking you make one, you post your shit, and people have to subscribe to so is that like would you have to like pay to view your posts or like how you know how does it work? Brittany looks like she has to say something. Yeah, hey, I just want to go back real quick. Okay. I do. I want to trans. Okay. I want to transition to OnlyFans. But quick question: Did you report the second allegation? So I um I never really or thought about like actually reporting or doing anything with any of my assaults because I had four more like really bad experiences of assault at UCSB by students afterwards so like that one that first one was just like the worst of them all for me but like um I never really liked reporting because I didn't want to cause any more problems but then in my head I was like 
but I could also be helping prevent this, preventing this from happening to other people. So it was always like a really weird balance for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't actually start thinking about actually doing that until um, I met my ex-boyfriend and he actually gave me like the referrals and the help of like, you can talk to care in caps and title nine and i had no idea what any of those things were at the time um but then i looked into it and he helped me get there and once i did that it was really really nice because they were like helping me through the whole thing and when i talked Mm. to title nine it was like the most like scary thing ever because they pretty much are like detectives that like force you to like give information but i had to do that trying not to give the information like the names and the details of people um, especially the students, because I didn't want them to get reported because what they told me what would happen there, like they would be like banned from the school for a few years and go to prison and all this stuff. And I was just like, like, even though it's so bad, I didn't want to take it that far. So I didn't want to do that. But I did really, really, really want to expose and find the guy who the faculty member, um, which we tried mm-hmm. to do, but they found out that he actually didn't go to UCSB anymore by the time I tried to report it. So they couldn't do anything. Um, so now this man is just floating in the world and I don't know what to do. I can't do anything. We had a little, we had a little glitch right there. We cut out for a second, but I think we heard yeah. most of it. That's, I feel like that's like common with a lot of sexual assault um, scenarios in college. Um, because like the stat of, the stat of, the victims knowing their assaulter is like massive and, and i think a lot of some scenarios come down to like consent and i think that's why like the schools like made the push to like preach like yell yes <laughs> if you want to have sex, yes. yell yes and then on that opposite direction but it's just it that's that's the part that makes me um i mean all of it is like really fucking sad but like it's really hard to like like be confronted with that situation i feel like if i were you where you're like i don't want to get these people in trouble but also like i'm traumatized by Mm -hmm. this yeah it's it's different being the person in that situation like it's it's easy for me as a guy who's never been affected or assaulted to be like no fuck those guys like report all of them right you know like you don't do shit like that like i don't care what happens yeah like you get kicked out of school or whatever like but i get that it's it's different being a person in that situation. Yeah, it's okay. weird. It's like almost too much power when you feel powerless. It's like such a paradoxical feeling, but it's like mm-hmm. like wow, now the power is in my hands. I can do something about this, but you almost just like don't want to. I can't like I don't know. It's really weird because yeah, yeah. like I don't know. For me like the I think what scared me the most was that when I went to the University of Oregon, uh in the first like that really big assault happened with that guy at the cabin one of my like sorority sisters was like in all honesty alaska i would not report this because the system takes years and if you do something about it you will have to stay in eugene oregon for probably a few years until they're able to actually get your case like finalized and finished and like it's just such a long thing and i just didn't for something that's so traumatizing you don't really want to stick to it get told questions and like be talking about it like all the time you know you just kind of want to get it over with you're like you know what I'll deal with it myself but like I don't want it to keep going for years and that's what they told me I was like I don't want to have to deal with this for years I'd rather just move on right 
Yeah. Okay, let's talk about how you took back control of your body. Yeah, wait, he was talking about so, OnlyFans. Sorry. I do... yeah, yeah, so so what is that what is that process like? Like I don't know I know I don't have an OnlyFans. He doesn't subscribe and he <laughs> I doesn't yeah, I don't subscribe to any content. and I don't have a <laughs> I don't have my own. So what what is what is it like? Yeah, I get asked uh, the OnlyFans question on a daily basis, and I've actually been considering like making a little mini documentary. A blurb. What? Yeah, yeah, blurb. like doing something. So this is helpful. That way, I can just send this podcast to everybody who has questions. <laughs> um, okay. Well, basically, you, I, yeah, I get asked questions on like how to even set it up too. But yeah, set up the account. I'm not gonna run through that for you. Like, just do it. And if you have questions on that, then <laughs> fine. You can ask me. Or you know, Google is your best friend. Um, but anyway, <laughs> you set up your account, and when you do that. You can set a price for how much you want people to pay per month to subscribe. And that all it does is allows people to see your content. It's literally like if you had a private Instagram, but the only way to follow the account and see all their content is if you pay. That's all OnlyFans is. You don't even have to post photos of yourself. It could be of your cat. And maybe your cat's so special that you have to pay to see it. That's all OnlyFans is. It's just a, it's a platform for people to have to pay to see content um and it's like netflix. but obviously it's uh <laughs> turned into something that's more for people to post like nude or rated r content because you can't post that anywhere else um and yeah i basically got it in march when i found out that my ex-boyfriend who i was living with at the time um got a new girlfriend and that like when i was in a relationship he wasn't really he didn't want me to have like an OnlyFans or to share content of my body. So I couldn't have one, um, even though I knew I'd make a lot of money doing it. But then after I moved out, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do this. So I started the account, going into it, not asking anybody questions. I just went for it. It just was like, you know what, here we go. We're just gonna try it out. And it was so successful. All I did was post about it one time on my Instagram and one time on my Snapchat, which <laughs> my Snapchat got banned and deleted because of that but um yeah really promoting yeah, I was promoting my only fans and they deleted my snapchat and that was like the worst thing ever because I loved my snapchat that was the snapchat that I had since I was in high school like it was like five years <laughs> worth of memories and flashbacks on there and I couldn't even recover them like that's all gone they're all gone and it still like makes me so sad because people will send me like three years ago today flashbacks and be like well I probably have a bunch more because I always capture every moment of everything so that sucks but anyway um yeah so then um yeah I only promoted it on my Instagram once and my Snapchat once but it attracted so many people because I already had people who were like obsessed with me following me for all these years and this was like their like moment they were like oh my god finally and they all just like, <laughs> like subscribe they're like we need all the pineapple pictures you can what did you say? <laughs> I said they said that they needed all the pineapple pictures exactly <laughs> yeah they wanted all the pineapple photos um, yeah but then um yeah I realized that was like a really really fast way to make money because oh I also lost seven jobs due to the pandemic 
Um, so I was like really desperate at the time. You also got seven jobs. I used to be. <laughs> Alaska's a doer, you guys. Alaska does <laughs> crazy. Multiple jobs, multiple projects. Our list for her for this podcast is. Different. Yeah, I was like, this is not gonna fit in one podcast, but let's just focus on this point, maybe. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but yeah, I yeah I was doing like twenty two units and like seven jobs and like working and grinding and you know. But anyway, I lost all of that, and so I was bored and broke, and that's why I started my OnlyFans. Um, and yeah, I I made like two thousand dollars in my first month, and it was crazy. Holy mm-hmm. shit! Yeah, is that taxed? That's taxed, uh, right? so OnlyFans takes twenty percent, um, but that's it. You can take the rest. I don't think it's text. Well, it counts as income of, of some sort, right? Well, do you have a W-2? Do you have a form? Did you have to fill out a It was form? so I long ago. Sure, I don't sure. really remember. I think there is some sort of taxing, but I really don't remember. Um, Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, no wonder you're such a fucking nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I basically got the OnlyFans. And I was really active on it for, like, the first month and a half because I was doing nothing. And I was just living in my room, like, sad about my breakup and all of that. Um, and I made a lot of money, which was really cool. Um, but then I kind of stopped using it for, like, three months because I was, like, traveling and it was summer break. And I was, like, figuring out my life. Like, what am I going to do? So I stopped using it. So I wasn't making as much money. Um, but it was still there. And, like, people still subscribe. So, like, you know, if you don't post anything for a month, there's a chance that people will stop subscribing. But for those that don't, they're still paying you 20 bucks a month per person, which is a lot. So I'm, like, still getting background money. 20 mm-hmm. bucks a month? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah be because <laughs> it was, like, the Worth perfect it. balance of, you know, like, I, you know, like, if you really thought somebody was attractive and, you know, it's, like, for the entire month, $20, people would be like, uh, yeah, might as well. So, <laughs> well, did people, I mean, did people, LOL, for people who, like, I don't know. I've, I'm going to sound so fucking ignorant and naive right now. But, like, porn. Like, legit porn. Do people buy porn? Yeah, I mean, you can porn go on Pornhub. You can. Yeah, but you like, can. like, do you have to subscribe to Pornhub and how much yeah. is that? You know what I mean? Like, you can oh, base... Oh, there's fucking free porn. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, like, porn. I yeah. use Pornhub daily. <laughs> and I've done my research. Mm-hmm. And so, Twitter... You can actually see porn on Twitter. You can post porn on Twitter. You can see everything. Twitter has, like, no limits. Um, So you can actually follow Twitter accounts that just post a bunch of porn for free. You can also go on Pornhub. I've never paid a cent on Pornhub, and I can pretty much watch everything I want. Pornhub's getting a little more, like, confusing because they have, like, their premium packages you have to pay for. Or, like, you can subscribe to somebody, but you have to pay for that. And, like, there's, like, different things. Um, But... So people who are literally paying twenty bucks to see you nude or semi nude are like legit fans. Like they exactly. really want to see you specifically. It's only, <laughs> exactly, it's only fans. It's only fans, because only fans are gonna pay that money. <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of why I set it at twenty, because I knew a lot of people were doing like a dollar or free or even like five bucks, but like nobody was really doing twenty. I did twenty because at first I was like really scared. I was like, mm, like naive. I was like, maybe I shouldn't do this, but then. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But you're like, but for twenty yeah, bucks a month, I exactly. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, if you really wanted to see me, then you could pay twenty bucks and watch me. Um, and I started out with around like forty to fifty subscribers. I was pretty much consistent. It was around forty to fifty subscribers up until about like a couple weeks ago, actually. Um, and I, yeah, I stopped using it for like three months, and then. 
those first couple months that I had it, I only posted photos of me without my face. I didn't want to identify. I was worried. I was scared. You know, I didn't trust it yet. But then over time, I got really comfortable with it. And I was like, you know what? I feel like people would like it more if I became more personal with it. And also, like, fuck the system. Fuck what everyone thinks. And also, my nudes are already fucking out there. So I don't really care. Um, So I just started, like, posting a bunch of myself and just being more free. And then somebody once asked me, do you set or do you do any boy girl videos? And I was like, fuck, I knew this would happen. But I was like, oh, I was like, no, I've never recorded myself having sex. Um, but he was like, I will pay you $500 for a clip of you having sex. And I was like, fuck. And that was the time when I was really close with my friend. And um, I'm not going to say his name because, you know, but yeah, anyway, it's when I was really close to my friend and we got really close and we talked about it and he was down. So we made a video and I posted it or I sent it to him and he paid me 500 bucks and then he paid me another 500 for another one like that same week. And we, me and my friend both realized this, this is such an easy way to make money because we're already doing it. It's like so simple. No one's face was even in the videos. It was just our bodies. It was just so easy. And um, I, we started doing this consistently for a couple of months. And I would buy him dinners and pretty much felt like I was like, a little bit of a sugar mama for him because I was making all this money. But, you know, he was still in it. So, like, I would spend money for him and on him and for dinners and stuff. And that worked out really well. Um, and, yeah, we actually have, like, visions of, like, trying to travel and like go to really interesting places to like hook up and then record that. Like we did one where we were at like a waterfall and like it was really pretty. Um, We went to like a cliff Mm. jumping spot and it was like sunset and nobody was there. And it was like on the middle of the, in the middle of the ocean. Um, So there's like really cool like things like that, you know, where we're trying to make it look really pretty and like people pay a lot of money. So like fast forwarding to now, I actually like, this is funny to like talk about now because last night, or two nights ago, I did my very first live stream on TikTok. I just got a TikTok about a month ago. And I, as everybody said, like, I would blow up. I did. I, like, really quickly got a lot of followers and traction and likes. And it's been really cool. But uh, I did my first live stream on Monday. And it was so fun because so many people were watching. And I was just, like, having the time of my life. So then I did another live stream last night. And when I did that, I got way more viewers and people were so excited to see me. And a lot of them also knew that I had an OnlyFans. And we started referring to the OnlyFans as the after party because I guess you could live stream on OnlyFans and I didn't know that. And so they were like, your live should be here, but when you're done, you should go to OnlyFans and live stream there. And I was like, okay. So last night, I live streamed on OnlyFans for the first time. And... <laughs> Let's just say that was like the craziest but most fun experience ever. I made fifteen hundred or yeah, fifteen hundred dollars just from live streaming for an hour on OnlyFans. All I was doing what? was getting really drunk and taking shots and like dancing around my house naked while answering questions. And I do these things like I, the cool thing is that I'm also like really good in sales. So like. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I would basically oh. just like stand in front of my computer and I'd be like, oh, I took my pants off and like you couldn't see it. But then I'd be like, all right, if you guys all pitch in 
and make my tits go to $300, I'll take my top off. It's so easy. And then they're like, oh, shit. And they all, like, team up. They're all like, dude, you got to do this. You do this. They're all, like, commenting to each other. They're like, all right, put in 100. Like, somebody else got to do this, this. And they all just work their way up. And I just made so much money just, <laughs> just like, playing around, beating myself on a live stream. I made crazy. so much money. And <laughs> also, crazy. like I told you, I used to be based around, like, 40, like, 30, 40, 50 subscribers. Two weeks ago, after making my TikTok, I linked my OnlyFans in my, like, bio, and I started getting, like, more and more. And now, today, after my live stream, which I got so many subscribers from, I have 150 subscribers now. So that times 20 every month, plus whatever extra tips I get, is, like, what I'm doing. It's not enough to, like, live off of with my rent, but... Yo, I need a fucking OnlyFans. (laughs) You say you need. I need, a- I need an OnlyFans. <laughs> I'm not a last one. I can get like five subscribers. <laughs> You're like fifty bucks. Yeah, 50 bucks. yeah I mean a lot of my friends do that. <laughs> a lot of my friends who are like worried but like want to do something like that, they'll be like fifty bucks or like a hundred bucks so that nobody subscribes, but those who really really want to do, and that way they can have like less subscribers, but it's more money. So, like, people definitely do do that. God damn, this is crazy. <laughs> this is fucking... This is the, She's making a business. The new development of, like, expression. But you know what's stuff, sad? You know? Is like, I see a lot of like, TikToks on this, too. But there's just, like, how, like, men are all so upset. Because they're like, oh, my God. Women just have to stand in front of a camera. And they make all this money. But it's like, if you think about it, like... It wasn't until today. You're the motherfucker. It wasn't until like 2020 <laughs> that like women could finally have control and turn themselves into a business, you know, like or do something like, like something like that. Oh, and for the record, it's very like widely yeah. unaccepted. Like it's still like yeah. not like fully like like you're doing it and you're doing the the damn thing, but like there are plenty of people who like like still uh, like look down on it so it's not necessarily like it's still it's not like Sarah's like mm-hmm. widely accepted like you know like you're still oh yeah there's people struggling you know like yeah and we're also saying like, like how men would are like still so much easier to get like hired you know like there's still that like gender inequality yeah. that's still kind of happening and like men will be like oh my god women can make all this money doing like, the easiest things I'm like well you back in the old times or like back then men could do like the easiest things get paid way more than women did so like this is a really big like break you know oh totally yeah i think there are there are natural like pros and cons and things that guys yeah. can do things that girls can do and there's just things in that, between yeah. like in between like what i'm saying is like good on fucking women taking advantage of where they can be like yeah. successful in an area that like realistically like if I were to try and make it only fans I'm not gonna get the same kind of response because I, I'm not hitting the same exactly. type of target audience you know like there's there's a large opportunity for women to take advantage of I also <laughs> like, think that there is um, a higher percentage of like straight heterosexual females still getting off to other mm-hmm. females like getting yeah. off the same videos yeah. and images and stuff like that where i think it's not the same for exactly like, straight men um so like like i think you're you're hitting like all of the categories 
Yeah, exactly. I get all the creepy hentai guys who are into Asian girls, and then I get, like, the girls who love girls, because I have a lot of girls that follow me on OnlyFans. Dude, I'm not going to lie. There is a few people that I know in person who subscribe to my OnlyFans very quietly, didn't say anything, who are in relationships. You know who you are if you're listening to this. But, um, yeah, it kind of freaks me out. (laughs) But also, that's, that's like transparent in the relationships which you exactly. don't know if it is or isn't unfortunately i just don't want to interfere you know, and just kind of let like, it happen but i'm also just like oof <laughs> you know yeah but you also it also genuinely is possible that she or he whoever the partner is is like sure do it i just don't want to like talk yeah. about it or know about it you know what i mean like we don't know people's relationships yeah people everyone's are, got their own things everyone's got their own things people yeah it's crazy you know? though because like one of them i saw was like about to propose or like he's talking about getting married to her and i'm like you're still subscribed <laughs> this is weird you know it's also possible but that these couples like use the they're males i'm assuming men's accounts See, yeah there is that too i get constant pe- like constantly people snapchat and like only fans message me if to do a threesome they're like hey me and my girlfriend are like interested in having you join us and i'm like oh <laughs> you're like I'm not <laughs> not <me>. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no yeah that's totally valid like that's why i don't really care it's just kind of funny because like i get to see the side of that where i'm like whoa this person subscribed to me yeah. like oh my god it's also possible that, like, I mean, it's so easy to get lost and forgetful yes. about subscriptions. Like, because mm-hmm. they're, they're monthly recurring things. Like, you're saying you don't post anything for two months and you still have exactly. a bunch of people that still subscribe. So, there's a possibility that there's people who are subscribed. Use it. Yeah, exactly. You. That is true, too. And once they're, you know, once they're subscribing, they're like fucking mm-hmm. sponsoring you. You know, like, they might not even look at your shit, but they just That's know true. that they're sending you 20 bucks a month because they think you're dope, or and they you're think you're cool. creative and supporting yeah. your passions. Yeah, that's a good point. So, Some like, of it, mm-hmm. we really don't know. Or they could be doing everything with rap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also fine and welcome um, in that scenario, I would yeah. assume. I as long as consensual amongst partners. I have a question. How do you about. feel like this has... Has this shifted your view on your modeling and photography? Yes. Like, oh, good like passions at all? Like, has it affected? Like, I mean, I know you did a bunch of like photography and modeling before, but does this make you want to get more into like these different scenes of modeling? You mean like like you know adult work, like at professional adult work, or like more? Oh, that was my question. Yes, good point. Okay, whatever it is you're posting on OnlyFans, are they videos or are they photos? They're both. They so both? you can either do whatever. posts where they're like, it's like Facebook where you can just do text posts and just talk about things. Mm-hmm. Or you can post photos or you can post videos. I have literally all of them. They're all combined. They have stories. You can post stories. You can do live streams. It's literally like a Facebook. Yeah. Do you edit professionally? No. So the content videos? on my OnlyFans... I'm not going to release too much because you have to subscribe to see that. But uh, (laughs) subscribe to learn more. (laughs) Because people constantly ask, and that's, like, their deciding factor and whether they want to subscribe. But I'm like, you got to subscribe to find that out. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, yeah. It's literally Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they subscribe to just, like, photos of me in a onesie. No, um, yeah, I mean... (laughs) I'm pretty much <laughs> naked in every single one of my posts, unless I'm wearing like a really hot bikini and I'm like 
they got to see this. Um, but no, I haven't professionally shot them. They're all from my iPhone, but that's also a reason why I got the new iPhone, iPhone 12, because the resolution is so nice Ooh. that it's almost pretty much professional. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty much just shot with my phone, but it's pretty high quality. And I haven't done anything with my DSLR camera because I, I don't know. I just have it's just a lot harder to set that up, import into my computer, have to like that's the other thing is that like even though I'm very comfortable with my body and I've been like recording a lot of like sex videos and stuff, I haven't gotten to the point where I can comfortably watch myself having sex. So usually when I do record something like me doing like giving head or a sex video or something like that, I can't rewatch it. Once I record it, I just post it. I don't look over it, which is why I haven't gotten to the point where I want to record it on my camera because I'd have to look at that on repeat and in detail constantly to come out with that like video. And also I'm already making like a lot of money doing what I'm doing now that I haven't needed to, you know, like professionally do. Edit it professionally. Yeah, totally. But for everybody listening, she is a legit photographer. Thank you. I've been a photographer for a while. Can I just start listing off all the cool shit about you? Yeah, we're just going to go through a quick list of everything that Alaska does. Even if we don't hit all the points in a full discussion, (laughs) even though I want to, because I know you have to head out soon. Another thing she does is DJ. That's where she's going tonight. That is why we have a specific time to end. She's a DJ-er. What else? She, uh, like we said, model. Um, she's an ambassador for multiple brands. Hit up her Instagram. Would you like to know which ones? Um, she has an adorable fucking dog that I miss dearly. Her name is Kaya, and she's like the little alien, um, like version of like a black lab. Oh, yeah. like, pound. Um, she is every so animal cute. but a dog. Yeah. It's she so cute. cute. <laughs> she's she's everything cute. but a dog. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> what gives her away is that she pees. Yeah. Um, you're like, oh, that's a very dog thing. That's pretty dog-like. Um, do you wanna do you wanna hit up here? Oh yeah, I wanna I wanna transition a little bit to a uh, a passion that Alaska and I shared and got the opportunity to to share here. more here. together. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 Exactly. Fucking playing fucking together. So we've referenced. BDL and such other type leagues. And I mean, Isla Vista in general has just a large beard eye community. There's, you know, tables in every other house walking down the, the street. So obviously there's leagues that get built up because oh, com- she's got we're competitive name. people. That's so cute. Rookie of the year. That's my girl. <laughs> I just saw that. But yeah, so eventually, um, uh, we decided that we were like, yo, we should play in the co-ed league together. And we did it. And we fucking killed it. Alaska, like, honestly, you improved so much from the beginning <laughs> to the end of that season just because it was like, oh, I'm so real. competitive. Like, you know, if I don't like, care what I'm in. Yeah, I have like, to it went win. from, like, it went from, like, hanging out, like, casual, but still competitive, like, playing around to, like, yo, we're playing games against other people. And we were, like, playing legit. We went all the way to the finals. <laughs> Look at L, but it's all good. Brittany was our cheerleader every step we of the way, too. Shift. Yeah, it was so fun. And it was 
it's just such a good experience yeah. like just playing with you and it's like something that I will remember forever like just that quarter of us just like yo it's Wednesday yes. at six o'clock yes. we got game. Oh my like God. <laughs> all the memories I love your die like it's literally my heart because it's like something I will never Ever. I actually start. I'm thinking about starting a, a retired beard eye league, and I'm start. I was thinking about starting it like a SoCal um, retired players beard eye league, where just people who already graduated who used to play beard eye in college can come together and still like do teams. And I would create like an application where people or like a platform where people can like communicate and do something like that. Just kind of like adult mm-hmm. sports, but with beard eye. Um, but yeah, no, that was like probably one of my favorite moments because I don't know, I just I noticed how um like BDL and like all these other beer die like official beer die like dies life and stuff, they never allowed girls, like ever. And I keep asking, I DM them all the time. I'm like, I know you have this competition coming up at UCSB. Can I enter? I'm a girl, but like I'm pretty fucking good. And they would be like, No, girls aren't allowed. And I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they, they, they told me that I girls are not allowed scared. to play in these leagues. There's not girls are not scared. Girls are not like not wanting to. They just deny girls playing, which is stupid because I have seen a lot of girls who are better than some of these guys. And it sucks. But yeah, so that's why when there's this co ed league, I was so happy and I definitely appeared because before I used to play, but like I didn't have that many friends who played, so I couldn't play very often. But then after this um or when this league started I was like, this is real. This is legit. This is a competition. I'm very competitive. So I would work my ass off like every week, trying super hard, like throwing the die in the air and catching it when I'm going to class, like doing whatever I could to just like really improve my skills. And like it turned into like a legit passionate like sport for me. And after that league finished, I was so addicted that I just kept playing like everywhere I go, I would just be tossing and tossing and tossing. And I still like, oh, my birthday is on Monday. So this weekend I'm going camping and we're bringing a die table. We're tossing this weekend. So. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Me too. I want to play so bad. I have not played. It's been quarantine. Yeah. Like, I literally haven't seen anyone. I have no way of like playing. I've played like two times. Oh my God. Since I graduated. Yeah, I've been asked actually by a lot of people, like uh, Nick Horner. He asked me a lot to play. Like, I have a lot of people who ask me to toss um, with them. And I obviously, like, they're all people who are far away or, you know, COVID. So, like, I can't. But, like, yeah, it's just something that I want to start. Oh, I also, because my new apartment has vaulted ceilings, I'm considering tossing indoors because it's a really high ceiling. A little, 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 bit, a little snap-a, bit of little either snapper or I would play normal die because it is pretty high in here. But... Is it really that high? John's like, it's it's high. and the it's ceilings high. are pretty high. It's like it's vaulted, but yeah, it's it's definitely not like regulation height, like perfection, but like it's pretty high. But yes, I I like Snappa too. It's pretty fun. It's just not as exciting. It's like old man gear die. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's a it's a great game. Oh yeah. Good times, good times. All right, what else you guys got? What else is on our list? We got. I do actually want to talk oh. about photography, like legit. Okay, Can we do that. Yeah. That was like half of Golden's podcast. I was like, yeah, I'm like this is gonna take a while. <laughs> do you want me to tell me or tell you everything? Well, I just want to know, like, how you started, 
um, and what you're doing now in terms okay. of modeling. Because it's kind of like a dual thing, right? Like, a lot of times, like, photographer friends, like, mo- like you and Bolden, like, model to each other and do you know of others? Like, like yeah, so Bolden and I carry this, like, dynamic duo kind of thing because actually most photographers yeah, aren't do. really, like, models. A lot of them become photographers because they don't like to be in front of the camera. That's pretty much, like... At least the old school version of a photographer, I guess, up until like 2019 or so, it used to be, or I guess maybe earlier, it used to be that people became photographers because they didn't want to be in front of the camera and they actually just loved to shoot everything else, um, which is why I started because I was really insecure in high school and I loved taking photos, but like I didn't want to be in front of the camera um, because I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so yeah, that's why I started. But uh, more people are actually starting to become photographers nowadays, especially like in 2020, because they want a model or because they want good photos. So they learn so that they can get those mm-hmm. photos, you know? Um, but yeah, I, oh. um, I started photography um, like in middle school, but it didn't really become professional until high school where I turned it into a business. And started charging people for, like, grad shoots and, like, family shots and, like, headshots. Um, and that's been ongoing as freelance photography up until still today. And, um, yeah, I have, like, my own website and everything. But, yeah, modeling didn't really, like, fully start. Like, of course, like, I got my photos taken for fun and stuff, like, in high school and the beginning of college. But it wasn't until, like, more recently that I started getting, like, paid gigs from companies and people like I just shot in a music video yesterday where like they paid me to literally be a model for a music video. Um, and like so like that didn't really start up until like a few years ago because I never saw the potential. I always assumed like because when I was little, I wanted to be a model. But everywhere I tried to apply was like you have to be five, six with this size boobs and this size waist and this size this and thigh gaps and whatever. Like you had to be a Barbie doll to be a model but then everything you know started changing and evolving where they're like we want fit girls you want athletic girls we want girls who are short we want girls who are flat chested we don't even care who you are if you look good we'll take it and it's like thank you like diversity and like showing that like nobody's perfect and showing that like you don't need to have a model that looks like a barbie doll to be like promoting your products and that's what I've been so happy about was that like when I was a little girl, I had this dream of becoming an actress or a model, and I couldn't do it. I gave up on those dreams but when I, when I graduated high school. But now, like, it's college, post-college, I'm living that dream where I get to be partially an actress and a model as well, even though I don't have the standard, typical American dream Barbie doll body, which is it's amazing. So, yeah. I've been doing a lot of that lately um, where I've been doing photos and videos and um, modeling like a lot recently, which has been really fun. Yeah. Ouch. (laughs) Just fucking killing it. Like all around. Just doing doing everything. everything. She's always doing everything. Always doing everything. Also, by the way, she has a college degree too. All that shit. Like, dang, dang, like it. here are my seven <laughs> That's businesses. The thing. Here are my five jobs. And by I, the way, I never I considered myself an entrepreneur because I always thought people who are entrepreneurs are just like people who graduated from ASU with like a business degree or something. And I was like, oh, that's not me. And then um, I realized because people kept inviting me, like 
to join this entrepreneur fraternity and I was like that's not me I'm not an entrepreneur but then I figured out what an entrepreneur was and then I was like wait that is me I start my own businesses I like have these ideas yeah projects projects. um yeah so I've been like really like I've been pushing the entrepreneur side of me a lot and I changed like my bio and I wrote doer of everything because you know everybody always puts like the the couple of things that they're like the best at in their bios I realized that I didn't have enough space to put everything that I do in my bio. So I was like, you know what? Doer of everything. I'll just write that. And that was there. <laughs> what I say? That's what like, I well, say? let me go on. I'm like, I do I started my own all-girls skate group. I was once a UCSB cheer captain. I was a gymnast at one point. I did track and field. I love to skate like every single day. Now I surf a lot. I do photo, I do video, I do graphic design, I do marketing, I study psychology. I'm also pre-med. I'm a DJ. I'm a bartender. I do modeling. I have an OnlyFans. And you know what? I can keep going. I travel the world. I do so much. <laughs> this just goes on forever. And um, yeah, I just, I don't have my focus on one thing because I love doing everything and I'm not ashamed of being Jack or what is it? Jack of all trades. I'm not ashamed of that at all. I think it's fun and it's been great. And my resume is like a Bible. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's why I took us fucking 11 months to get you on this damn podcast. We're like, we just wanted to talk about all the cool shit you do. Yeah, I have a weird, weird uh, experience background. There's like not one thing. They're all so different. They all just, they're so scattered. Like I work in tech support at one point. Like they don't even like, like they don't combine. Like nothing I do like always combines. You're like, you can make a business out of like all your things. I'm like, Honestly, unless it's like motivational speaker, I really can't. They're so different. <laughs> so, yeah. You're just going to be a 1-800 number. You need Alaska? Yeah, for all, all your needs. Oh, wow. It's like whatever you need. You yeah, I mean, I literally couldn't even fit everything on my business cards that I just printed. So I just slapped a QR code. It was like, just find them all on my QR code. <laughs> <laughs> which links oh to a gosh, link tree so because sick. it's not I like I didn't want to just link my website I wanted like my Instagram and my Twitter and my stuff like everything so I put a QR code on my business card so that everybody can just use that that's hella smart that's like so smart Yo, you I should, should. Just get that fucking tattoo just get a QR code <laughs> <laughs> just that's scan my good. body yeah. get a fucking tattoo be like, Yo, oh I also do tattoos <laughs> No, I like, still have my tattoo. So I still do tattoos. I gave myself one a few months ago. Add it to the list. That one, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tattered. Alaska. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh. Oh, that's true. But I'm saying, no, that, that like, code, what's it called? What's QR it? code. QR code. See, I'm good at one thing in my life. <laughs> <laughs> A QR code needs to be. That's what I'm saying. If someone tattoos it, if they mm-hmm. fuck up yeah. even slightly, it's going to, like, link to someone else's thing. <laughs> It's like porn <laughs> or something. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Yeah, no, that I don't. I wouldn't be able to do it. It would have to be perfect. That's why I'd be nervous about that. But yeah, so Alaska has many uh, yaks. Look at me. I'm so safe. <laughs> I'm so. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love tattoos. I'm trying to get more, but you know, money. <laughs> Sounds like you got it. That's the thing. I'm definitely in a financial crisis right now, which is kind of crazy because people are like, how do you know you're an OnlyFans? But like, like my OnlyFans isn't like, I just moved into my new apartment, which I can barely afford. And I kind of did that because I know that like, if I put myself into the situation where I would be like 
having really, really, like, I have to really work hard to make the money. Like, if I were living at home right now, I wouldn't really care to get a job because I'd be like, I'm not paying rent. But if I put myself in the dangerous situation of, like, I really need to make this much money by the next month, then I know I'd have to work my ass off to make it. And I'm the kind of person who will find a way to get herself through the situation. I've, like, you know, like I said, like, I used to work seven jobs and they do, like, a ton of school. So... I kind of just sent it and I was also like life is short a lot of people have been dying in my life recently and like friends of friends who are passing away and I just it just kind of hit me where I was like life is short and people need to start taking risks and even though I think the risk that I took was a really like stupid one low-key that everybody was like you are dumb what are you doing I don't regret it at all and I'm very happy with where I live right now and where my life is currently I've been on like a path of growth and healing ever since my breakup and I love living alone it's helping me heal and grow even more at an expedited rate and I um and now in a like in a uh, what's it called in the moment of like I need to really work really hard to make this money because otherwise I will get evicted and that won't be fun and then my credit score will go down so I'm yeah I'm in a financial like stressful situation now that it's been a month and a half of living here I've been like freaking out because I owe some people money and I have to pay off a lot of things now and I'm adulting (laughs) and I'm stressing out because you know like I'm not making like a lot of money like I'm not making enough money on my OnlyFans to pay off everything that I have so it's like I've been trying really hard to make more money or like get a full-time job but that's actually what I'm notorious on TikTok for is like I'm the girl who like has all these interviews but like cannot land a job and I don't know why because I apply to like 25 to 50 jobs a day like constantly weekly like I, I don't like I'm, I never give up I'm constantly applying and then I get interviews like weekly and like I'm, I'm, I'm not giving up I'm still trying it's been months of me trying really hard to get a job um but yeah, I, right now I'm in, a, I'm in a tight squeeze where OnlyFans isn't giving me enough money and I have to pay people off and I still can't find or get a full-time job for some reason. And it's really stressful, but I'm hopeful. Well, it's it's also like not the best time to get a job right now. Exactly. So like don't rag it on yourself, you know. Like, yeah, there's, not there's just yeah not no, exactly. To, like it's definitely... You're you're extremely qualified, you know, for for yeah. I feel it too. Like all these interviewers, like they're like you were literally such a great candidate. We it was just between you and somebody else for this spot, and like unfortunately we had to go with the other person. But they're like we really appreciate your interviews, and like apparently a lot of these interviewers are also seeing my TikToks, and they're like we've seen your TikToks. You've got a lot of potential. Like like don't give up, and I'm like I won't. But yeah, I'm definitely in a tight squeeze, but I'm still not giving up. I'm not letting it eat me alive I'm staying hopeful and I'm finding other ways like OnlyFans and I'm learning how to like sell my clothes and like um I don't know lately I've just been like thinking really hard about like ways to make money during the pandemic and um in like a healthy and okay way and like I just landed this job as a DJ as a resident DJ at this really high-end um restaurant and bar and they pay me a good amount per night and that's going to be a weekly thing like I get money for being a model in a music video. I get paid for doing these like product promotions and like um, the companies that I work for, I, they pay me to like shoot in them, you know, like I get these small gigs here and there. And as a freelance photographer and artist, I have to use that. I tell people, you know, you could book a shoot with me. 
and you just have to pay blah 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 for this and like Christmas cards are coming up you know I'll tell families like hey give me a little bit of money and I will take your family exactly. photos so you know I will work in all dimensions and aspects to try to make what I can I'm not the grind doesn't stop. No pandemic will stop me. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, um, it's awesome that you're so versatile yeah. to be able to do that in a tough time like this, where there's so many people that are, you know, trained for one thing and they're, are, you know, one dimensional in how they make money. And if that wasn't a, a dimension that fit with the pandemic, they've been exactly. unemployed for months and months and months. And right are struggling so it's a it's just definitely a weird different time and honestly it's a it's a great time for you and all the things you do to be able to grow and spend time and be appreciated for those things because there's so many people that need you know those outlets and different types of things grateful for like all the things that i I do like i love that i'm so flexible you know like one night i'm djing the next night I'm taking photos and the next night I'm posting on my OnlyFans and doing a live stream. Like I try really hard to make sure I'm constantly busy and I'm very grateful for that. Like people have like talked me down and been like, why do you do so much? Like my dad, like he, he thinks that like, it's a little much to be focusing on so much at once. He thinks I put too much on my plate, but you know, like look where I am. Like I graduated with an honors thesis or I graduated with a distinction in the major from UCSB, a school that I got rejected to from high school. And I was able to do so many jobs and I made a lot of money and I'm living in my own apartment and my dad doesn't have to pay a penny. Like I, you know, like I'm, he, he knows that like, even though everything that I do is exactly how he wouldn't do it and how he thinks I'm like going <laughs> off the rails or doing something weird. He knows that he can trust me now because of the results, you know? So it's been really nice to like show people like, yeah, I don't I don't do things traditional at all. I'm very different. I am like one of the most like, you know, I guess uniquely interesting people who do a lot of things that don't really combine, but like somehow makes their way through it and it's been working for me. So I'm not gonna stop it and I'm happy with it. Yeah. Plus your dad, your dad is yo, Daddy Gene, that's my guy. He is such such a he's so supportive he of you. Like whether or not that. he's like going crazy on the inside, like he always I feel like shows that that support and he's like backing you. Like I feel like if you had to have another I don't know. Family, See, I feel like a lot of people my sister there. and I always talk about like, this, but like my sister and I like we always have like all of our friends love my dad. Like everyone I know is obsessed with my dad. And I think it's funny because I feel like people can relate to this too when you have like parents that like everyone loves but they didn't go through the traumas that she might have gone through as a kid so like no matter what like even though like I am very happy with who he is in my life now he is very supportive and stuff there was still like stuff that weren't perfect and like no parents perfect but like there was still obviously like childhood trauma that like my sister and I went through that still comes up very frequently today that um like he might be aware of and stuff but you know like it's just so interesting because I wouldn't I don't think I could ever really consider him to be like my number one supporter because it never really feels like that but then if you look at the big picture like you're right there there are many moments that like I am so grateful that he is still like with me you know like because for me and him it's a weird relationship because I grew up being very rebellious and 
anything he said to do, I would make sure I did the opposite. I didn't like listening to him at all. And it still applies today. He tells me what to do and I do exactly the opposite. And it's weird, but you know, it works. And it's, it's a weird, like we butt heads a lot because we're very like dominant, like, like need to do things our way kind of people. So we butt heads a lot, but like in the end, like we're still like, he's still my dad. And he, the fact that he still talks to me and we're like, you know, close and stuff at this point after me doing everything he doesn't want me to do. It's, it's crazy. So the fact that he's stuck a lot, like around for this long and that the fact that we're still like tolerating each other definitely shows a lot because, you know, families aren't perfect. And I know a lot who don't talk to their parents anymore and aren't as open. I'm very open with my dad now. I let, it's like the biggest thing for me. The reason why he trusts me so much is that I allowed access for him to see all of my social media, like my stories, um, my Snapchat stories or things like obviously your dad probably shouldn't see, but like because he sees them, he feels a lot more um, comfortable that and he can trust me because he sees what I'm doing and he, he sees that I'm able to tell him anything. Because um, my sister, she doesn't. Yeah. There's no level of like questioning. Yeah. No, like, oh, like my dad is on my sister's like, ass all the time, you know? even though yeah. she's in college because he doesn't see what she's doing because she doesn't let him see any of it, um, which is totally understandable. It's like most, most people do that, but now right. he's like very like up on her because he wants to make sure everything's okay. But he sees my stories and he knows I'm okay. Even though like he might see me like drinking like crazy one night, he knows like this happens a lot and this will be okay the next morning. So he, he likes being able to see like exactly what I'm doing and stuff. <laughs> It's just an interesting. Everyone's got their own family dynamic, like, yeah. Parent-child dynamic. Totally. You know, family dynamics is fucking insane. Each family has mm-hmm. their own insane like dynamic. We were we were actually just having a conversation about this the other night about like I I have super young parents. My parents are forty, forty-one, and I'm twenty-four. You know, they had me at sixteen and. I, I like reached a point where like I realized I'm really enjoying my adult relationship with my family members, like my relationship with my parents, my relationship with my siblings, even my grandparents. Like it's it's just such an interesting, different dynamic than growing up. You know, like when you become an adult, you have a different relationship with your family. And my parents being so young has made me realize that this is the majority of my life with like my experiences with them mm-hmm. will be as yeah. an adult, you know, it'll be from now on. Like, yeah, you know, I spent 18 years living at home, but from 18 to fucking 60 something, I'm going to yeah. be an adult and they're also going to be an adult, you know? So it's just, it's interesting. It's made me realize that I, I don't hold any potential grudges or any, you know, potentially like I didn't have a traumatic childhood like in the slightest but you know anything that like I could still be upset about from growing up or you know you did this or I remember that like who gives a shit like for me I'm like who gives a shit now like I'm a fucking adult now like you're still an adult like you like we can have an adult like friendship and relationship like you're still my parents like I love you I respect you but also like I like the idea of like just kind of having a clean slate and jumping into like developing an adult relationship with my parents, which is really cool for me to kind of think about in yeah. general. It makes me feel like even more of an yeah. adult that I'm like thinking about that. So I don't know. It's maybe a something 
with you and your dad because I know you've had such a, a unique relationship with your dad over a long time. Like, I feel like you're, you're starting to find that as well. You know, you two going to like mm-hmm. breweries and stuff. Yeah, no, I think I would definitely like address the fact that like for those that are listening who have had like traumatic childhoods, that it's not as easy to just like have a clean slate and then like be comfortable again. I think it's like, it's definitely like some people have been able to like, heal some bond or heal some problems and create better bonds with their like parents and stuff over time especially once you become an adult but I think there are definitely like still some things that like even though like no parents perfect like there are some things that you just can never really let go because even though like if you do think about it in this like the wide range of like your childhood was only like 18 years while like your future is going to be super duper long with them um like those childhood years were like one of the most important years of your life where you are developing as a human and when something really bad happens to you during those times or if you weren't happy or you didn't have a great connection during those times it can really hinder the rest of your relationship and I am one who likes to give people second chances and I believe that people can change and so because of that I've been very open with my parents in their healing and their growth and their um relationship building with me which is why it's definitely getting better but I so I agree with you on that definitely with like how like when you become an adult you have you're an adult with the adult and you can just kind of create this different bond and it can definitely get better but there are some people who like me who can't really let go of everything because it did turn you into the person you are today which is good and bad so there's like pros and cons yeah, I mean, there are some things that, I mean, there's, like, yeah, a forgive exactly. and forget That's type exactly of, it. you know, mentality. Like, if like you can. You, you want to forgive exactly. what, what you can, what you're okay with. Right. But also, like, remember those experiences and where that's led you. And right. it's, like, it's like important a... to know that you had those experiences with that person, regardless of of whatever's going on now it's an educated choice to maintain and or like decide to foster relationships whatever the lessons are and you know like some things like maybe shouldn't be forgotten and you know like i i definitely have friends who've had scenarios that happened in the past and like uh their relationship with their parents are better now but like also like that's still a thing like that's still part of the past like you don't just like turn a blind eye to it but you know there's something to be said if you're able to um like accept that it happened and try to work through it um I, would, I I don't have any personal experience with it so I'm just kind of talking in my ass but like I would anticipate that that'd be like a comforting feeling to at least try to get to a position if it's worth maintaining that relationship some people like if you don't want to like yeah. have that relationship with that person don't fucking yeah. have it like do as good yeah as I agree yeah. I like because I have a lot of friends um, who talk about like their relationships with their parents and it's, yeah everybody has such a different dynamic that like nothing can really just be applied to like one person or all persons yeah oh that's true for literally everything that's why i hate yeah. how our world is divided exactly into two different people. like i don't exactly no exactly <laughs> world um mm-hmm. generalizations i agree biggest pet peeve. but yeah so annoying but <laughs> thank you 
Yeah, I love talking to you guys because you always like make me feel so much better. These two are the people I go to for all of my problems. And it has always been so nice to have you guys in my life because it's like all the shitty moments of my life. I'm like, oh, my God, Brittany, John, help me. I'm so sad right now. What do I do? And then Brittany comes and whips out her psychology and John brings out his all of his motivational quotes. And then just sitting here just like, wow, you're right. Thank you guys so much. And then I'm like crying and like happy but sad tears. And I'm like, I'm okay because John and Brittany exist in my life. No, I think... I think people just need to realize, and I, and I think you've, like, developed definitely into this type of, um, like, aware person. But, like, what you're feeling yeah. in your situations are valid. Oh, um, yeah. Like, that's, like, my mental one, health I clothing think, line. Like, I forgot about that. It's just, like. Oh, yes. yeah. Like, I have I so many like, of them. I started a mental health like, clothing line in summer, and I don't regret it at all. I need to put more work into it because I haven't been making any new products because I've been super busy. But yeah, I have a mental health clothing line. One shirt says like, hello, today I'm feeling so that you can talk about like what you're feeling that day and like let people know. And there's like stickers. It looks like the hello, my name is sticker. And then the other shirt is like a cursive font where it says, um, is that how you really feel? Because I really want people to check in with themselves and not just say, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And to actually start being more open with their emotions. And that's been like a project of mine for a while. So yeah, you're right. Sorry, I cut you off. But like, I think like, all emotions are valid. All no, that's okay. Are valid, well- and that like, everyone really just needs to be like, very, you know, like, you should feel the most yourself and never really like if you feel a certain way, no matter the situation, it is how you feel and that feeling is valid and you should be able to just be okay with that like sit in your feelings you know it's a weird thing but yeah it's important well and I also think like the the back side of that the other side of that is that like being able to like accurately um articulate Mm -hmm. how you're feeling in a particular instance I think normalizes not being okay and like putting and I think it, there's a lot to be said for people to learn how to be receptive of that. Like, how are you doing today? You know, today's been kind of a poopy day. I'm going through it, but, like, it's fine. Like, learning how to respond to that and be like, oh, I'm sorry about that. Like, that's really hard. Like, that will build empathy. That will build a little validation. Know, relativeness between people and people are able to connect. Yeah, but, like, this fake ass, like, oh, I'm fine. It's the, yeah, I want to get, get rid of those. Like, Follow up with like the yeah. Follow but up. But how the, you okay, really feeling? Okay, <laughs> for a lot of our sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how for you a really lot of our, yeah, how, is that how you really feel? Um, for a lot of our like our meetings, like my director has like told us she needs to like you guys need to like actually check in and see how they're doing, and if they just say good, like ask them why, and if they say not so good, ask them why, and it's been um pretty cool. But yeah, I love that yeah. idea. Just being fucking honest. Mm-hmm. Not, even if you feel really good you can people. still expand on that you can be like I'm doing great because so and so and what and what and you know like I think it's really important that people need to check in like daily or even more with themselves because you know if you don't you start turning into a, a soda bottle that is shaken up and then one day that cap's gonna explode and it won't be cute so I thought cute, about it and cute. I was like that's a great <laughs> you're like those are yeah i love that analogies it's just like letting because i have a lot of friends that they they don't like to 
sit with their thoughts and feelings because they're definitely scared of what that might be. And so they always kind of push it away, which is, it's interesting because something I've always been like thinking about or, or something I've been thinking about more recently is depression. It's, it's always looked at, at a bad, as a bad thing. People think depression is like such a negative, scary, bad thing you don't want to be in. But really depression is actually a positive thing because it's just your brain healing and going through the bad things of your life but you're healing from it because when you're in pain it's actually healing because if you think about like a scar or a cut it might hurt really really bad when you have it but it it hurts but it's it's actually healing it's making your skin you know grow back and be normal but it's the same with like depression it's like even though it feels like pain it's like pain is medicine and that's like one of my favorite quotes because it's so true it's like when you're depressed, you're actually on a path to growth and healing. When I broke up with my ex, I was sad and miserable for so long. But in those times, even though it felt awful, I came out of it like a new person in such a good way. And that's why like people see depression as such a negative or bad thing. But really what you're going through is the, the healing from the, the bad things that happened to you in the past. Um, which it's never good to, you know, sit in it for too long. But sometimes it worries me when I see people who are almost like never, ever, ever sad. And then they take antidepressants because they don't want to feel that sad. But honestly, sometimes you really just have to be in that sad because it's like healing. That is healing. Depression is a healing time for you to really understand who you are, understand how you feel and understand like what you want to do and move on with in next you know so it's just like a moment of introspection and that's why like sometimes when you're depressed it's good to be alone because you can start to feel those feelings finally and heal from those feelings because you don't what is the quote you don't heal what you don't feel or like if you don't feel what you're going through you're not going to heal so (laughs) it's really important sometimes to just let yourself Mm -hmm. be depressed and you know let that carry you for a little bit and then come back feel yeah. your emotions it's mm-hmm. just awareness yeah. of what you're feeling feel your like, emotions it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling you just have to be aware exactly. of what you're going through like if you're like aware like yeah i'm really upset not right now because of this and that and that's fine and yeah. i'm gonna be fine but i can be upset I right now i have to start getting ready for my dj thing because that's yeah, because <laughs> you need to make that money. We appreciate you coming on so much. Yeah, yeah I would love to do this again because I could talk for days. So I'm glad we finally did this. Though it we finally happened. <laughs> like next yeah. summer, yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think we talked about Kaya. Yeah, she's like got a life story of her own. Her she definitely needs to be talked about next time. <laughs> meet, it'll be like meet the team, Kaya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yes, well. <laughs> uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. We, we love you. It. We love you. And. Yeah. Thanks for being you. Go kill it tonight at your high high end. Yes, uh, I love you guys too. And this is the best. (laughs) I'm so happy you guys do this podcast. It's amazing. I can't wait to like share it to everybody. Yay. Shout out to uh, my dad, my sister, my mom, and 
the friends who got me along here, Bolden, Drew, you two, Weston, all of you guys have been really, really supportive, and I'm just so happy to be here today, support of you guys. Mm. Love you too. Love you. I want yes, your, I will send you my merch. Please. Follow me on Instagram, follow me on TikTok, buy some merch, a little promotion. <laughs> Subscribe to my Instagram. Subscribe. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for listening, y'all.